realize now he might wail. Show us your crooked jaw. Show us your wrinkled brow. Rise. He rises! That article. I mean, it was pretty crazy. Well, it was right out of a Hollywood script. You I know? mean, why would you do? That? I mean, I don't know. It's, it's it also with the, the um, with that building. You know, when you need needing money, you know, so it makes it like. So if I go to the VFW for a private event, yeah, I should, we should preface this by saying we're talking about the fight, and uh, <laughs> we, we, we Simon and I both just read the Inky Mirror and. Uh, well, before we get into that, I should just say that uh, this is episode 25. This is the year-end wrap-up episode. So there's no objective. <laughs> we're not going to get the story. Simon just stopped by. We're going to just shoot the wind. Yes, or we can wind. We can swear on this podcast. We can. We can. Yes, you can say shit. But I try, Bloody hell. But, no. I, but I try not to, uh, to, we never know your, to use explicits. We never know your audience. Exactly. You might have some young young gentleman who's like inspired by your voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's speaking of voices. You know, you're English, and I figured every good podcast needs, needs an Englishman just because you sound smarter. Well, there's yeah, anything I say sounds smarter. That's just that's the uh, the theory anyway. You know. Yeah. Well, uh, already at this, you you've, you've thrown my uh, my audience into the intellectual uh, circles. I mean, um, with the English well, accent, and that's the funny part. I, I I came to the US in '96, and so I feel like I'm. Um, Half American now, you know, but I, you know, but but, but I still, you know, from England, and you know, are you a citizen yet? I am of both, you know, of um, and that's the beauty of the American English, you know, friendship, you know, the countries, you know, like they have the visas. Um, there's a much more open open visa policy mm-hmm. between the two countries, and so, um, and that's. Also, that could lead, you know, could lead into a conversation about what's going on with the whole world with, the, with ISIS right with, now. With visas. Yeah, visas. I mean, it's uh, how do you control your board, borders? Well, how did you get your visa? Did you have to do the whole... Um, I had to, to pay off a lot of money. No, no. Um, how did, did, you, did you have to take the class? The, uh... So, um, yeah. So when, I, once I, so, when I came to the U.S. originally, I came on an 18-month J-1 work visa. Um, and that uh, the J-1 visa is, I believe, is something that America, uh, the USA, and England uh, work out for you know youth that can go visit and, and work and travel, and and um, I'm not sure that's with other countries. So um, when I decided to go for my, apply for my green card, um, that gives you about 10 years. It, um, yeah, I was in California for a couple of years. It was a in- very interesting... What were you doing in California? Um, I wanted to check it out, you know. It's like, why wouldn't you? California's cool, you know. It's like... it's yeah. uh, Where uh, in California? San Diego. Okay. I miss it every day. So, like, it's just <laughs> like, you know, it's... Um, Nantucket has a little bit of a San Diego... It does, vibe. Well, there's beaches. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's cold. <laughs> no, I mean, what is interesting, I've lived in a lot of different states within the U.S., and, and every state is so unique in its own right. And I think with California... What I, coming from England, where everything's, everyone dresses up and you have mm-hmm. to wear suits and ties, and, and that's how you present yourself. Um, and where in California, it's about your actions, who you are as a person, 
you know, you could wear flip-flops and shorts and T-shirts, and but it's um, what you do and your actions. That's how. That's what it left with me. I'm sure that's not the same, you know. Um, but unbelievably beautiful. I mean, I want to be the weatherman in California. Like today, oh, you know, a tree blew over in Palm Beach. You know, <laughs> no, no whatever. Sun no, again. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, it, and but then you, you start scratching the surface, and then you look at the Mexican community as well. Um, which is a very big, um, and I learned a lot about the Mexican community. And well, that's the thing because San Diego has a big. That's really at the at the front of the immigration because so many people are coming across, right? Yeah, I mean, I saw buses leaving every day going back. Uh, you know, we were across the border to go and have fun in Tijuana, mm-hmm. and um, you know, you hear some horror stories that you would never carry your whole wallet with you in your. You know, you put in the back and leave I've never been to Tijuana oh it's 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 an I heard interesting it's a trip right it's, it's definitely leaves us an interesting place in your mind did yeah. you ever there's a movie called Losing It no uh, it's I've, about these guys it's a, I think uh, what's his name something about Mary anyway he, he's, oh. he's in it uh, who's the main actor something about Mary is, is anyway yeah it's about these kids and they go over to Tijuana I mean you could lose yourself I mean yeah <clears throat> It was interesting. You see in the borders, like you see, it felt like a uh, futurist country because you see all the, you know, twenty-foot fence borders with barbed wire, and you see helicopters, you know, flying over, and it's this, you know, you wonder how much money is being spent to, and I guess what happens a lot, a lot of um, people trying to get to America from Mexico end up in Tijuana, and that um, just I guess will bring a lot of, I I mean. You know, people are hungry. You know, they want they 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 want to better their lifestyles. They want to, and that's what I saw. I mean, uh, but what I what I learned from the Mexican community is how what's um, what is uh, rich for them is family. Like you know, a birthday party for a ten-year-old child. You know, yeah. there's 120 people at this party. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw that in New York, and in, in the parks in New York, they would have these birthday parties. Yeah, and everyone comes out. And that was for me. That was impacting. You know, it was like um, when I managed a restaurant, you made sure that the that everyone's got their their daughter's birthday off or their son's birthday off because, I mean, that they would do anything for their family, like anyone does. You know, but so yeah. that you were managing a restaurant. Yeah. What was it called? Um, Shores. Um, it was at La Jolla Beach and Tennis Club. You know, do you know? Um, and which is in that just so it, a tennis club. So it was yeah. a little swanky. It, it was uh, an interesting, you know, but it was open to public too. It, oh, so okay. it wasn't private. It wasn't it's, exclusive. It, no, it wasn't. There were some exclusive areas. I mean, La Jolla is pretty exclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the Nantucket, you know, it's like the, that's some serious. I feel like it was in Beverly Hills. You know, right. Because, you know, like, or they call it La Jolla, you know, but, you know. What's that? Is that an English term? Yes, that's why I called it. <laughs> yeah, you, we have to explain that. I don't. <laughs> um, it was joy, you know. It was just um, a like, joller, joller, like La Jolla, La Jolla. Oh, it's, it was just another print and pronunciation of saying La Jolla. Oh, you're saying La Jolla. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get. What, I thought I thought you were saying trying to be crafty. No, I, well, and then but then you read it. You more about it, it. It means the jewel, and and it really is. Um, I think one of my funniest moments. Um, I accidentally found Black Speech. And Black Speech is famous for surfing and nudists. Oh, okay. And so it was just, but then you see, you look over and you see this, you know, surf dudes and, you know, coming down these steps and there's this guy's fishing 
you know, everything hanging out. Buck you know? naked. <laughs> yeah. Why not go fishing buck naked, right? I'm like, be careful what you catch. Seems like a good idea. Yeah. I'm sure it's a thrill. For both. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've never done it, but I'm sure fishing naked is probably pretty fun. Well, I'm yeah. sure you could go out to my comment to the nude beach out there. I believe so. Have you been to the nude beach? I have run past it by accident. I've never actually gone out there, but I have no problem. I think it's great. No, I think it's great. I mean, everyone's like, you know, it's a free world. And I think my, my funniest moment, um, I had a pride dog. Um, his name was uh, Guinness. And we were walking on the beach, and he just ran up to these people on the beach who were naked. And I'm like, I need you to go away. <laughs> Walk away. <laughs> George. You're like, excuse me. Uh, yeah. To go over there. and, and but, but, but traditionally, usually people who, um, I don't want to label um, um, nudists, but usually they're just... They're not the most healthiest. Healthiest, yeah. <laughs> that's the word. It's never a super fit person no. completely naked. Right. But that's, that's cool. I mean, everyone to their own and whatever makes them, you know, happy. And It's usually guys with dick do. Yeah. You know what dick do is? <laughs> I don't. It's, it's when your gut sticks out more than your dick do. <laughs> yeah, all right. I got it. We're going to sip our beer on that one. This is the yeah. wrap-up show, so yeah. we can talk about anything. We can be a little looser. Yes, clearly. I'm, can, I'm going on a tangent can, here. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. So anyway, you come over from London. You work in... Uh... Yeah, so my, my, I, I, did, um, my, I did a degree in hotel management. You know, so I've always worked, worked fine dining. You know, and that took me to some awesome places. You know, I went to... Um, See, that's where the English accent comes in. Yes, darling. You say because that. it comes right in. It's like, of course you want an English waiter. I'd rather have an English waiter than some schlubby American that's like, have yeah, but you seen can, a wine list? You can say, oh, your dinner's going to be 20 minutes. You're like, okay, because you're British. And if it was American, they'd be like, that's not unacceptable. Unacceptable, yeah. I'm not, this restaurant it sucks. Well, you're quite good. Running the floor at pie. You run that floor at pie pizza. I, well, you know, it's like we have fun. You know? How long have you been working at pie? I worked a couple of years, you know, and it's, I just do it because I used to manage restaurants. And now it's like, you know, I got married five years ago and you want, Nantucket is lovely and it's, you know, as you know, it's like, it's crazy busy in the summer. And when I managed restaurants on Nantucket, it was, um, it was really tough to see everyone having all the fun while you're working your ass off <laughs> you know and yeah. so i was like um so i and we came to, it came down to it we were like okay i need to find a bit more balance and and so you know so we can each have a life together because in you know in the middle of winter when everyone's gone and you're like i've always spare time on your hands you're like this is no fun you know <laughs> You know, so I'm not going to go with some babe on the beach in the, in the middle of winter. It'd be a, a cold like, a cold hang. Yeah, I suppose it'd be a very English kind of sunbathing. You know, is England that cold? I've never been to the UK. I think the best way I can explain it is that it's a real damp cold in the winter. And a damp cold. Yeah, and it gets really gets into your bones, and then it's hard to if you, when you go back there in the winter and you, and you realize that's why you don't live there. You know, because it's like <laughs> it is really really cold. You know, you know, and that's why we're, I think we're miserable in the winter. You know? Do you miss it? I miss parts of it. I mean, I definitely miss like the pubs. I miss the pub scene. That's like where I miss. Um, I miss um, being made fun of in a British snarky way. The dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I can appreciate I, that. I think. Um, I think sometimes I find people take themselves too seriously, and I think you know I'd like to hang out with people who give me crap. You know. 
Yeah, like that shirt you're wearing. Yeah, yeah. Did you lose a bet and have to wear that yeah. shirt out? <laughs> like that hat. Did you pay for it? Ah, oh, touche, touche. Did witness you paid money for that hat? You mean? <laughs> I always found that you lose a bet is yeah. a good one. Yeah, I mean, no, nothing. That's fun. You know, that's, you, you have to have that. You know. Yeah, totally. You know, and um, I'd rather. Um, Someone tell you know we have you know I love the expressions like you know and in England a muppet it's you know clearly a muppet in 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 America is a um, someone with his hand up his you know in in controlling it you know not that smart gotcha and then when we say in England uh, someone's a muppet that they've done something silly or they just what what are you thinking you know yes what are you thinking and I just love. you know, you can say you can say many things and get away with it. You know. Well, in my opinion, the bar was set pretty high with the pythons. This is true. Yeah, yeah. It's a mere flesh wound. It was my favorite. You, you know, know. I mean, the Ministry of Funny Walks. Yeah, I mean, I, I think with the pythons, you. I think it's funny. People are divided. You either loved it and got it, or you just hated it. You hate it. Yeah, like you just couldn't get it. So last, the Dreamland Theater. Uh, did a simulcast. Remember that? Were you at that? I didn't make it. And they did a, uh, the Pythons did a live broadcast and the Dreamland Theater had it and we went to it. And, uh, I'm sad now. And Amy, my fiance, yeah. stood for about 10 minutes and is just not into it. No. She's like, what is this? Well, Mike Campbell and I, Soupy, were howling. I lo- I'm a huge fan of the Pythons. My uncle... You um, either, like you said, you love it or hate it. My uncle, um, Huey, Huey McFall, his name is He's from Northern Ireland. That's, it really is his name. Huey. I'm, Huey. I'm guessing he's a drinker? Um, he used to be. He has, he, he, he's definitely... Um, he's slowed down. He's had to slow down, unfortunately. Huey, slowed down. Yes. Um, but he still has this thick, you know, good, good sense of humor. But he, he, took, he showed me a lot of the movies. You know, the Holy Grail and, you know, the rabbit scene when you're like, you know, have to ask the questions. You know, that's, <laughs> that's just, it's, so, it's, it's so dumb, it's funny, you know. Yeah, I got in. My brothers introduced me. Think I have uh, three older brothers, and they were the ones that uh, brought home. I remember seeing the meaning of life for the first time. Yeah, and I didn't understand uh, some of the humor, but I knew it was kind of well. It was you know it was it was it the classic classic um, always look on you know always look on the bright side of life. You know that's yeah. Just, it, that's just you know, and I think for me that is really is life's hard. Do you remember the opening scene? No, the opening scene in the meaning of life has these like uh, it's like this office building and it's these business yes, warriors. Yes, 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 yes. And I didn't really understand what the concept was. It had all these guys in suits and ties, and it was basically like this building becomes this ship. Right, and right. The metaphor was right. Another, another thing. A lot, clear. Of the, a lot of them, a lot of their um, metaphors and ideology went above people's head a lot. And I think once you know, like, but once you grow up a little bit, you're, okay, that makes sense because you've experienced it. Like, like you go to work, you know, and you're and you're, you're conformist, and or you know, you just um, you know think outside the box. And I think with Monty Python, it was so far, you know, it transcends many eras. Oh my God! And maybe maybe I can uh, I'll find uh, the argument sketch and I'll, yes. I'll plug it in right now, so folks that haven't heard it will have some. Uh, I think it's good contextually to give you a little. Maybe we'll just have you know we'll have a Monty Python film day. You know, it'd like, be amazing. Yeah, I mean, like you know, how about the dream? It was cool that the Dreamland did that. I'm yeah. I, mean, I didn't that, know Nantucket had so many Monty Python fans. Yeah, and I think again, I think, but also it's that you're. I mean, what are you like? Forty. Me? Yeah. How 35? are you asking how old I am? <laughs> if you had to guess seriously with my gray hair, and I'll take my stupid hat off. I'm thinking forty-three. <laughs> 43? Yeah, I'm calling it, yeah. Oh, my. No, I'm 28. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm 41. That's not Wait, bad. Wait, Amy, how old am I? 41. I'm 41. Go. Yeah. I forget. 
I'm way, I'm way older than you. I'm, you're, I'm 47. I love, I love my 40s. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm like, I'm enjoying it. It's best, best time of my life. I, I agree. Yeah, 40s are an awesome time. 20s suck. <laughs> 20s, 20s are just like this. Uh, 20s are still you're in like Jello shots and you're drinking Irish car bombs still, like, and they're just like, sort of like this experimental phase of like kind of trying to be an adult, but you're not there it's yet. A, it's experiment. It's like an experiment roller coaster. Which kicks you off. <laughs> yeah, I was fortunate enough to have my tw- my early my, right after college. I was in New York. Yeah, I was so in ha- London. I so having your twenties in a major city is a, is a pretty. Uh, I agree with that. It, it, like I think, and I lived in London for f- like five years, six years, and it was the best thing I ever did in my life. It just like grew up so. What quickly. were you doing in London? Um, I was I was serving, waiting tables, um, drinking, clubbing, clubbing. I, it was the height of the rave scene, you know. Oh, the English club scene. <laughs> yeah. Relax, go- <laughs> don't do it. Was that the, what was the jam in the clubs? Um, what year like, is this? It, we're talking 1990s, 91. Um, so it was like a jungle bass. Like, I mean, it was Y'all like, unbelievable, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Y'all unbelievable. Um, and it was um, House Martins, you know. Um, yeah, it was like, relax, House Martins. You know, Madness was kind of got leaving out, like Scar Madness. Was, yeah, I was big, big Madness fan, you know. Like, I wanted to play with Our sex. house in yeah, the yeah. land the But a better breakfast man, you know. So, so that was, you know, Alison Moyer, you know, you, um, all, it was, you know, you think Bob Geldof, you know, like, you know. Bob Geldof is a very profound guy. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's what he did with, you know, Live Aid and... But Boomtown Rats yeah. was his... Uh, I mean, I hate Mondays. I think that was... That was when the, do you know what that story is about? No. I Hate Mondays is a, based on a true story. It's about a guy that uh, Matt was a mass shooting or a serial killer, and he killed all these people, and they said, why did you do it? And his oh. response was, I don't like Mondays. So Bob Gildoff wrote that song wow. called and I Don't and Like people, Mondays. And people interpret it, I Hate Mondays. I Hate Mondays, but it's and about dungarees. a guy. Yeah. I mean, the, the dungarees they were on that video. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember, th- there was another video for the Boomtown Rats. It was called Up All Night, and it was him with all these snakes in a bed. No, I, I have a very vivid memory of these, these early videos of growing up with MTV. Well, but that's the thing. I mean, like Nirvana for me still goes as one of the best musical videos because it crossed so many barriers. I mean, when you what saw, t- smells like Teen Spirit? Yeah, I mean, when you saw the um, cheerleader with tattoos for the first time, you know, that, yeah. you, that was so you know against America, you know, clean image, and suddenly you were just. So you were in the UK when that came out. Yeah, and MTV was huge. I mean, and, and when TV was just videos, not you know, um, crap. Yeah, not reality. I mean, reality. T- I mean, reality TV sells, but you know, it's a shame. It, it was like it, it was in England. Videos like Madness were known for the videos. You yeah, know, I mean, was, I can uh, think of the two of the Madness ones off the top of my head. Yeah, we might be dating ourselves. If people don't remember that, fine. they're like, "What is this Madness?" Well, like, it, it, video it must there? be love. Was great, you know. What's that? Is that madness yeah, too? It must be love. Must be love. 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 <laughs> I just thought of uh, Love Plus One by Haircut One Hundred. Team Heaven. There's a British band. That's yeah. That's deep. That's a deep cut. Haircut yeah. One Hundred. Love Plus One. Right. I mean, I mean, that's like eighties. You know, eighties, nineties. You know. So, what? So what? Um, so what are we doing here? Yeah. We, we, no. So, no. <laughs> so what are we doing? We're just no, rambling. That's good. Yeah. We're doing the year end wrap up. Yeah. So we we're gonna just do. You know, the idea was that we could go back and look back through the year. Some of some of the highlights uh, that's gone on. You know, I think the most recent was uh, Island Air going down. Yeah. I mean, and as, as, I mean, I guess the best Chinese gift this year would be an Island Air ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Who saw that coming? No, I mean, I, I, hey, we got our money back for the people listening. Uh, I think uh, 
Amy called and was able oh, really? to get our, our ticket refunded, our credit card company. That's big news. And I've heard that with one other person, a friend of ours, called and got their uh, ticket reimbursed by their credit card company. That makes sense. Which um, is great. Because, yeah, I, um, I mean, it makes me definitely question, like, if as a business, they must have had some sort of signals internally. Um, you know, yeah. I can only experience it. I mean, I flew over maybe two months ago with Island Air, and I... And I as usual, typical Nantucket, you know, get there like, you know, you know, the last moment. And um, so I got like 840. Uh-huh. Were you the guy that the group's waiting at the door and they're no. calling, orange number seven, <laughs> orange number seven, where's orange number seven? I'm having breakfast. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm still having breakfast. No, it was, it was really actually frustrating, you know, coming from a service background, like, like I, sometimes it's inbred in you, like you, if you're paying for something, you want a certain style of service. And it was a nine o'clock flight. And you know, nine twenty. There's still no plane, and so no communication. And eventually, we left at nine forty. You know, and that's like, you know, I'm like nine <laughs> forty. Yeah, and oh, because they're waiting for the no, if the plane. Yeah, the plane just hadn't arrived. You know, and um, I get it. It, it. it must be difficult to be, I guess, a flying taxi. I had an interesting conversation with someone that worked uh, at the airport, and she told me that those island air island airplanes aren't uh, weren't meant to fly. It was more expensive to fly the way they were flying, the quick little route. Right. It had something to do with the way they use fuel. Okay. But anyway, it made sense, and it said it was actually uh, not cost-effective to, sh- to fly those planes in such a quick route. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume, like, yeah, like, like it, it was, it's, I guess it's proven fact that, like, you drive a car 100 miles, that so you're going to get more mileage than driving four miles. It's yeah, a, I, guess just, I guess that's, I guess, I don't know. I don't know, it's the same. But I, feel, I mean, it'll be interesting. I think more than anything, what it's going to affect is, I mean, I think people are flying less and less. People who live year round. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Cape and Island freights would be the biggest issue. Like you, know, as a business person, like you know, if you look like a restaurant who might um, order bread from, say, Pandemonium, you got to ship it over. You fly it over by plane. So that'd times. be interesting to know how how yeah. like they're affected by that. Yeah. So what is you know right now it's like it, it, it's the season's slowing down. So I'm sure. But what will happen in the summertime? You know. But I, I assume. You know, yeah, I, I assume that people will. Um, that there's something's going to come in. You know, I think that's, a, that's such a business opportunity for somebody for who's someone already to come in. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's I, who knows. You know, I mean, this will Island Air. I mean, the flights are full. I mean, you have so many people coming on and off. It, it would make sense that they, yeah. someone could step in. I think Cape Air is uh, based on the Inky Mirror thing I just are they pay, Are they intrigued? Well, they're, they're just adding more flights. And uh, and the Retrix, is it called? Right. The other airline was going to start picking up some of the slack. Right. We mean, did, did, you, did you take the boat or fly a lot? We flew a lot. Yeah, I got, I did, it really depends on, my, on the schedule. Sometimes, like, if you're trying to maximize your working and you want to get away, like, you'll fly. You know, it's more of uh, weather. You know, it's like, um, I think, you know, it was the boat sometimes kind of nice. Just to kind of chill out on the boat. That's, right. that's more ex- more fun and experience, you know, you know, being on the water. Yeah, than being stressed on a plane. Yeah. Um, you, know, I know, it, you know, I guess it, 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 it just comes down to, I suppose, a lot of times, you know, what have you got going on in your life at the time and what's, you know, what you're trying to do. You know? Yeah. So I, that, that would be a big, that was some big news. Yeah, you know, I think you're right. I mean, it. Um, I'll be intrigued to see. Um, I feel bad for the people who've worked at that company for 20, 30 years, and to hear that, you know, two weeks before Christmas, you know, that's pretty shitty. Yeah, and that's you know. So I feel for them. You know, you know, it's like, how do you, 
how does someone re- rebound from that? How do you, you know, it's like, how do you find a job to someone? That's what you know. That's what you've been doing. You know, it's a limited job. Yeah, I don't know. That's, it's a good, that's an interesting point. You'd yeah. have to like find something if you've been working within that industry. And yeah. I mean, hopefully they got um, everything that was owed to them, holidays and severance packages and, yeah. you know, I mean. Well, I don't know. When you file for bankruptcy, I just saw that. Does, does that nullify any of your benefits? I wonder, yeah. I mean, I, I, I couldn't speak t- to that, you know, but it would be interesting to, to, to that, that, would, that would be even worse then, you know. It's like if you're, it's hard enough to, you know, to live, I'm sure, hard to love to live, you know, week, to, week by week and then suddenly you're told your, your job's been pulled. You know, especially I thought you were going to say it's hard enough to live in Hyannis. <laughs> well, at what point? Yeah, that's a lot. Is it going to become a, a? It's already becoming a commuter place. And if you look at the workers, builders who come yeah. on Monday morning. There was an electrician I talked to, and I wanted to do a podcast uh, yeah. about this episode or one of the episodes about just the, uh, the the transient people. This guy wakes up uh, in somewhere in Massachusetts yeah. at four thirty in the morning to catch a six thirty boat. He's been doing it for ten years wow he had been coming back and forth uh as an electrician and he wakes up at 4 30 gets here and does that five days a week imagine that for 10 years i mean and then, i bitch about having to get up <laughs> you know at 6 30 but but the the, the the beauty of it is if you and it's, it seems on nantucket if that you are a good at your job and you have a proven record and you're consistent that you're guaranteed work yeah, you know, and um, you know, I think, I think one of the, you know, it's a subject I'm, I'm, just, I try to be careful about, but one of the biggest challenges that I feel like America, and it, again, it's America has always been the land of the three and and welcome welcoming, and the challenge I think of any place, but Nantucket is, uh, is how many different languages are now spoken, how many different communities are starting to come. You know, like you'll have work sites now that may be one English speaking person. Yeah. You know, and then how do you, how do you, how, how does a, you know, master contractor communicate to build his house correctly, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That I mean, certainly is, is, uh, there's a huge, um, variation of ethnicities out here. And I, and I think it's wonderful, like, for if you're a child, like, grows, you know, grows up in Nantucket, I feel we're lucky to, you know, live here. I mean, I feel like... Because there's a lot more cultures. And- yeah. I mean, you could, I mean, the Nepalese, you know, community, I mean, there's some, you know, at Pai Pizza, you've got a couple of guys from Nepal who are the sweetest, nicest pe- persons you'll meet. Yeah. You know, you know, unless you go to Nepal, you, would, you wouldn't find it out. Isn't it crazy? It just blows me. I had uh, Barat... Uh, the sushi chef yeah. on, and it was just crazy to me to someone that could come, you know, that just the the journey. To yeah, come I mean, to Nepal end up on Nantucket just is so bizarre to me. Really, how, how do you say oh, I'm going to Nantucket? Yeah, <laughs> like from Nepal, you know, it seems so crazy. Yeah, I mean, and then very different, you know, from. Well, I think that the the reality is there's just the work out there, and the work, yeah. you know, the workforce is going to indicate what the market's like. Yeah, I know it's. I mean. We're in right. a boom. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, you know, no question if you've, I came, I came to Nantucket in 07, um, and I remember the 09, 010, when the market crashed, and, you know, we've definitely felt it here, you know, and it, and it's like, it feels like right now, like. It's so different? Yeah, I mean, like, you see somewhere, was it like the busiest I've ever seen Nantucket ever? You know? Yeah, which actually brings to light one of the issues that, like, the, will Nantucket ever get too crowded? Are we there yet? Well, 
I mean, do you gonna you gonna need a passport to come to Nantucket soon? Is that you know you know it's it's but you're right. At what point do you? I mean, then that, that goes to the you know we have an amazing opportunity as a community to could we harness more energy? You know, like you know you you think like with all the the wind and the sun, right? In renewable energy yeah. sources. So you wonder like so when you there should be like more control on cars. I feel. You know, right. More anything. It's like like if we, you know, another town is trying their best to make traffic better. You know, um, you know, I, one of the biggest things I saw a lot of was is the bike bicycles. You know, cyclists, and uh, and you're a cyclist yourself. So yeah, you're, you're very aware of that culture. I right? think I think you cycle it. You cycle, and then you get a better appreci- You're a better driver because you're more aware. You know, it, it's um, but I look. Um, by Marine Home Center, you know, on that street there, and then I just—it's I'm waiting for someone to get hit, you know, and I thought it, it's like it's so I know the town has been looking at reviewing of trying to get a bike path through there. Of course, I know it must be very complicated to try and make things happen like that. I think if they could make that work, that, that would they be. do. And I, I just to piggyback what you're talking about right here on Somerset Road. Yeah, uh, I this summer the amount of bike traffic. And not just one or two people. You'd have four or five people, and there's no bike lane, and cars are constantly. And I said it's. I said it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Someone's gonna get hit out there because it's so heavily trafficked. Yeah. They're coming off the bike path, and it connects to Bartlett Farm Road. Right. Right here through Raceway. Yeah. And it get, it's just hairy, and there's so much traffic, and they, there needs to be a bike path. Well, I, I look. I look. I look at when you see a, a mother or father who has a child in the back in a little, you know, towing in the back, and I'm like, oh my god, you know, it's like. It's scary. I, it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's um, you wouldn't do that in New York City. I mean, it, it's like, um, and we do. You know, that's one of the beautiful things you can do in Nanta. You can ride your bike mostly everywhere, but there are definitely some areas that it needs caution, or at least um, maybe it is warning people to say to be careful. You know, maybe put more road signs to say, you know. I know within those areas until a bike path can be put in or were there were there numbers they have a do they have an actual number were there record numbers this year how do they how do they track that do you know I don't know I mean you, you would assume a couple of things that you know people come on the boat reservations reservation of hotels you know rest, I mean you think restaurant sales you know tax I assumed you know tax sales will be an indicator I assume you know how much is um I guess we must be doing quite well because if, if they've approved a new school and a new fire station, yeah, you know, I mean that's which is, you know, necessary for this community. Yeah, one of the issues too, and I've spoken with people and I've tried to have someone on the podcast to talk about that is a lot of these facilities, including the fire department, the number of calls that the fire department gets that they look at their logbooks over the years is is, yeah. is quadrupled. Right. So these resources that we have here are starting to get taxed. The, you know, the police, fire department, ambulance, the number of calls is you're, obviously the the number of the population grows in the summer. It's going to have more calls. Right. And, and each year it seems to be exceeding itself. It does. I mean, and, you, you, and again. We are no different from the America. We you know we you know we we are the police are dealing with same scenarios, be it drug overdose, you know, drinking and driving, you know, people just not maybe using their you know their brain, you know, you know. Is well, Fugawi weekend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, but, I, I, this is interesting. Yes, <laughs> you were on the front lines. Yes, and I don't know if you are ready to talk publicly about your other yeah, occupation. Yeah, no, I am. I mean, so. so 
it, so this summer I thought, you know, Uber came to Ireland and, you know. And this I, is it, folks. The moment you've <laughs> all been waiting for. Uber is here. Is here. Um, on Inside the Whale. Yes. Um, Simon is an Uber driver, everyone, yes. for Inside in, the Whale. In my orange Subaru. In his orange Subaru. Subaru. One of his other jobs was yeah. driving uh, as an Uber driver this yeah. summer. So let's we should totally talk about that. Yeah. You know, it was it, for the Gowie weekend. I, there isn't enough vehicles to, you know, the taxi drivers, I don't, you know, if you talk to them, I'm sure they'll say to you, there isn't enough vehicles to deal with the amount of people come for that weekend. And I now think... what was your shift like? It was, I mean, I, oh, for that, I'd, so again, you, you, I just signed up for Uber, I checked it out. Now, what I, was it like to sign, what do you have to do to sign up for Uber? It, it's basically, you, you go for a background check, you know, you send your insurance, you know, you send your car details, and... Um, you literally have to physically mail it in? Um, or is do, it all you, done online? You do it. Actually, I, you photograph it. You basically photograph your car, you know, registration, your insurance, you know, and everything. So you're done. all done from your phone? Yeah, basically. It's like an, an S. Unbelievable. It's crazy. That's, how, I, that's their screening process. Yeah, and I think this is a reason why I believe it, that you go, I suppose all the people that come to Nantucket are from the Tri-States, D.C., Boston, Connecticut, New York, and this is, you know, Uber is something or similar are happening in those communities and it's part of the daily life. You know, one of the beautiful things is technology-wise, you don't have to deal with cash. You, you know that the, you have a picture of the driver who's coming. You have a picture of the car who's coming. Um, I had a, some of the awesome incidents I had was a girlfriend would hire a car for another girlfriend and put her girlfriend in the car and she said, for, and, and she would see on her phone where that the car, she made it home. Yes, and she's like, "Don't do anything to her." You know, you know, you know. It was just interesting. Um, and you know, I'd see from that perspective. So, how many trips did you do? That do you remember how many? I just did. I got a log this. Year. Actually, I did about eight hundred trips this summer. Like, um, wow. Yeah, and you know, and most of the time I did it late at night. You know, because I felt you know that was when most people were drinking. Um, that's where the most traffic was happening. And, you know, I never had any incidences. No one was, everyone, everyone was like, did everyone vomit inside your car? You know, I said, no. I mean, mostly everyone was really. Oh my God, turn the radio <laughs> up. I love this song. Oh, turn it up. Yeah, you <laughs> know. a lot of that. Yeah, or actually they do have an, um, if you believe on some of the, you actually, in a Uber, uh, I want to say passenger, if they have music on the phone, can connect it to your uh, stereo. Oh, just to make it the drive more annoying. Yeah. Now they can play their music yes. through your car. So I would love times I would just, uh, you know, yeah, I would play, yeah. I would just play serious radio and that's just, you know. I'll put on Slayer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no question, if, if you go back into Figawi, you know, you definitely saw, I mean, I saw a lot, there's a lot of human traffic, you know, and, and there's no question Uber promoted it, you know, and it's that that is the age group twenty to thirty is using that, you know, and they don't, you know, and that's why I think that. Wait, are you the only one that was Uber driving out here? Is there someone else? No, I think there were three or four that weekend. You mm -hmm. know, again, and that's the, the hard part. I don't know that who else is driving. So you know, you as a passenger can see how many cars are driving. I cannot. You know, I have an app on my phone. You know, it's not like there's a Uber Facebook page where we kind of talk and, you know, hey, what's up? <laughs> How was your weekend? <laughs> yeah. No, I've definitely made friends with people, you know, and, uh, you know, and we, um, like I Ubered over the weekend of Stroll. You know, I did like 80 trips over that weekend. 
you know. Wow, over straw weekend. Yeah, wow. you know, so, um, you know, as an Uber driver, you cannot wait in a taxi rank, you know, a taxi, you know, um, and I don't, you know, intend to, you know, we have a great, um, um, I don't want in any way impede in the types of taxi business, but, you Yeah, know. I think that's important to talk about too, because I'm sure there's a lot of people that are driving taxi that are anti the Uber. Of course, and I, I think that the, the challenge, the beauty of Uber, the te- technology, you know, and we're in a technology world, and people are like, I can, or I mean, our iPhones are attached to our hands, you know, it's part of our brain, it's just the way it is, and, or whatever, uh, and so, if I'm in a bar, I, I don't have to talk to somebody, and just press on a thing, you know, you know, that's a great thing, you know, that's the reality, you know, it's, um, and we've had this conversation about, you know, when we first talked about this way back when, was like, when you, you as a musician, and you get, you know, you're given a quote, and then someone undercuts you, and then you're out, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. well, yeah, yeah, it's, it, yeah, when, I mean, you know, I know, some people would argue competition's healthy, right, but I understand both sides, actually. I think that if you've been driving a cab out here for 30 years and all of a sudden Uber comes along yeah. and, and, and they see it as someone that's threatening their business, of yeah, course of they're going to be a little like threatened. And, I, I do feel really bad for the taxi cab. The, the, the business model is tough for them because, as we all know, most of the business is downtown in the center of Ireland. There really isn't much happening in Madiket, Sconset. Now, and if someone drives out to Sconset to pick some, you know, drop somebody off, they're not bringing someone back. You know, and, and I, I get it. That, that's that. You know, so that's. Did you deny anyone? No. Can you, are you allowed to deny? Like, if you say I don't want to drive to. Basically, yeah. Like, way the way it works. Like, you know, uh, you request uh, a car, and then on, and on, like a little, you know, flashing. You know, I have like twenty seconds to respond to you. Mm-hmm. Um, like for Gowie, uh, there wasn't any time. Like, you turn the phone on, and instantly there's somebody be waiting for you. Like, it wow. Was, it was that. It was unbelievable. I mean, it was just you know. Um, but also I heard like, you know, you, you also had a lot of people, you know, you know, allegedly, you know, and it's like they would be just picking up on back of trucks and, you know, right. and doing it on the side, you know, but, you know, yeah. So that's just, for me, that's just, um, that's the way it was, you know, that's, you know, people would, that's probably happened for many, many years, but it just shows you there's enough people that weekend or there's just not enough cars for that weekend you know thank you just you know there's not enough cars and that brings me to a point like July the 4th July 4th weekend yeah I mean was it it's was um, it just as busy I would say it's much busier and I at 1 o'clock uh, I, I drove until 3 o'clock in the morning that night and the the amount of people at one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning on the streets, trying to get home, there, there is not enough vehicles. And then, so when you have, again, back to my point, if someone is driving to Madiket, and, you know, is could there be a better, like, ridership program? Um, could there be, could the town give more licenses for holidays? You know, because when we know it's very busy, you know, it's, uh, you, know, you know, that's, and you hear, so again, I definitely heard a lot of stories from passengers or experiences they've had with cabs. That weren't so favorable. You know I mean? But, but again, the, the system they're working with on Nantucket is that, you know, it, to go to, if you drove to Madagascar, 
you know how it could yeah. it's a tough yeah those, if you're in a that cab, roadway out there yeah and so the wear and tear on a car you have to account for so i understand you know it's uh um it's a balance mm-hmm. it's um i think people want newer cars they want clean cars you know these are things that you just people that deserve you know and well especially you're providing a service so you want yeah. the service to be the best service it can possibly be and yeah. you know the reality of it is is that the, the market again is dictating uber if yeah you know i admit but I, no question you know um do i want to you know compete with the taxi guys because there's some awesome guys you know that are really sweet and like i said they've been doing it 30 40 years and you know i get it you know and but i should have john fee on here yeah, he's great. Yeah, love that guy. Yeah, no, I he's think, been driving taxi. He and his wife. Right. I mean, it's it's, it's um, but it, I think, you know, again, it's it's a tough business, and I get it, you know. And but if a business newer business model comes into town, you know, and people jump on it, you're like, you can't be ignored, you know. So yeah, it's like know, when someone's going to start another podcast. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, right? you know, I'm like I was here first, people. Yeah. Well, people, here's the thing. I think maybe you do your voice and due to you doing it might push them more than he would have, you know, or motivate them. Why? Because my, my voice sucks? <laughs> no, I just this think... This guy's horrible. I can do it way better than him. <laughs> well, everyone says that, you know. It's like, oh, I can do better than that. You I know? can do it better yeah. than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I, I think that's just, com- you know, but I think you might give them the courage. You know, you might give well, them... Well, if I inspire someone, yeah. for sure, that's I awesome. Mean, maybe one person. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one. No. That's, that, that is a victory. Totally. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question now. I'm going to swing it. So, as an American because you are an American, what what if you feel about what's happening with, like what happened in Paris, you know, the ISIS and... We just went from Uber cab driving yeah, yeah, and now we you're going to ask me about ISIS? I am. I'm going there. <laughs> wow. Yes. What, what Now, what, what, what's my take on it? Yeah, I mean, it's... It, if you, on terrorism and ISIS, there, there's a lot, there's a lot there of issues is, with America. Is. Right. I mean, that's, that's, we're going to jump to political world because you know, let's go... Let's go, like, because we got Trump going off. and Oh, Jesus. You know. All right, so so what's your question, specifically? Well, so I grew up in a very, like, I grew up with the IRA, you know, and it's something, you know, it's you, do you live in fear? Do you live in, you know, do you, are you, do you just live life? You know, what, what do you think America should be doing differently, you know, when you hear Trump saying, ban all Muslims, you know, um, clearly that's been... T- the media has taken that a different way, um, but what do you think about that? You know, um, I think I have to preface this my statement first by saying, uh, and not, during nine eleven, I was living on Twelfth Street, Twelfth and University, and that was I was I was forty East Twelfth Street. Wow! And I woke up that morning, and my roommate screams. He's like, "Turn on the TV! Turn on the TV!" And I was still half asleep, and I turned on my TV, and uh, New York One was on the station, and not a second later, I saw that plane hit, the second plane hit. I can't imagine. So I ran upstairs, and we were just like, it looked like, uh, it was just very surreal. So we ran out on uh, the corner of 12th and University. I could see both buildings on fire, and people were coming up the street, Uh the people that were covered in soot. Yeah. 
Uh, the, the, so university was kind of sits between Washington Square Park. So it's kind of so, like Walking Dead. In my yeah, well, you know, it was just a very, very chaotic state. Yeah, yeah, you knew stuff was going on. So I saw um, uh, a, an acquaintance that I knew, and at the time I had just gotten a cell phone. Cell phones were relatively new. Yeah, and I just gotten a cell phone, and he said, "Hey, can I call my mom?" Because yeah. cell phone service was not working. Well, because it took out the cell phone on top of the tower. So I gave him the phone, and, and that whole experience, I guess. It, it, I didn't never thought of it really how it affected me. I wasn't sure. Right. And during that whole weeks following that, there was secu- you had to show ID to get down to our apartment, and the smell of the wreckage was yeah. was close, so I could smell the like for two so you, weeks. You lived it. You felt it. So I I understand it. And all I could think about was it was so surreal. And those um, when you watch in Israel, those those footage, you, you sit there and you watch. That's what it felt like. I was in yeah. one of those like right. clips of watching a bomb that a bomb that got off in Israel or yes. one of those cafes. It, there's, so, there's, like there's nothing going to happen in America. Yeah, it was, it was very. It was just very surreal. And I mean, so I, mean, I watched them yeah. go down, and so the 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 idea I think of what people are experiencing now. It, it's just you know the world. It changed Americans. When you ask me as an American yeah. how I feel. Yeah. I think that. It's a very, very dynamic situation, and I think that, you know, someone, in, in relation to how we view the world now, we have to fight. The fight, to me, isn't fought right now with ISIS and stuff. It's not with troops. No. It's not going to be. It's intelligence. This fight is going to be, the battle's won <laughs> on the internet, in, so, in some cases. That's just my opinion, but I think, as far as what, as an American, how it changed people, like, myself it's just uh you do live a little more cautious i know having been in new york for 15 years they have those signs if you see something say something right and i think that way on nantucket yeah i do if someone no, i mean if someone even, like leaves like, a bag in the airport yeah. i'm just wired to look at it a little more and say you know like it doesn't have to be matter who put it down whether it was you know i just am a little more aware so i, well, I you're, little, you're more i mean if if you look, I think, if, and I could be, correct me wrong, but there the, are the three or four times America has had, it's been, as bombs on it, I think it was Pearl Harbor, um, Oklahoma, you know, Timmy McVeigh. Yeah. You know, and that was... Oklahoma uh, which, City. Which was awful because that was somebody, an, an American person who was had beliefs were, you know, un-American in, in Oregon. Um, and then 9-11, you know, I lived in Vermont at the time and, you know, and it was, for me... You know, it took me back to living in London real quick. You know, even though, but, I, but you know, because of the IRA. Yeah, I mean, you've got to think like listening to you, and that's how you're speaking about it. It's, you know, effect, it's affecting me, and like you know, because you see how emotional. Yeah, if you lived it. You 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 felt it. Um, the way it affected our lifestyles in, in London, like there were no trash barrels. Oh, because yeah, because the IRA was putting yeah, uh, yeah, and the, and the IRA's their goal was very different to say what happened on nine eleven. IRA wanted to affect your confidence of traveling to London, so that would affect the country financially. Clearly, there were you know politically it was very different, you know, and uh, but the way but what it it made you a couple of things. It made you appreciate life, and secondly, you said okay, I, I could. You know, get, die tomorrow hit by a bus. So yeah. it made you like, hey, no, screw them. I'm going to live my life and don't live in fear. And I suppose my what I'm seeing within American and America being such a diverse, ununited 
because the last time it was united was 9-11 in my view yeah was, i would say it's a uh, it's ununited there's a lot well you have a huge you have such a diverse community in this country very dynamic and yeah. people on the left and the yeah. right and yeah it, i mean what that's the beauty of this country and it's maddening at the same time because you feel like you know it's like it's a very welcoming and you know you have very two very polarizing political spectrums yes that i feel in my if we're going to take politics (laughs) it does tie into terrorism but i really feel that they actually do a disservice to the the benefit of the good of the country because they're on two ends of the spectrum right and each side in my opinion spends you know insane amounts of energy trying to make the other side look bad right no like and it's counterproductive well i think the the goal if anything we we need to protect the people who live in this country you know be it whatever nationality and um you know is it really is like the, the to your point intelligence but again it's garbage in garbage out who feeds information to intelligence you know it's it's like you know if it's but it, 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 to, to control this massive land and try to control the good and the bad it's like you know it's 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 okay that's like you get into this country you have to be legal you can't be illegal you know well you was your question am i scared of isis no i mean i I think some people don't fully understand maybe what isis is or you know it's now's the point is it is uh, people living in fear because they don't really know understanding that it's i mean yeah radicalization in the rigid ideology yes. of, of of any religion, yes, not just Muslims. I mean, there's radical uh, Christians, of course, and 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 those people are can be just as scary. Depending on, are they willing to take people out? But, but you, you might have some guy in Texas who believes in like, I've got a hundred guns and ten thousand bullets. But, exactly. But if you get shot one time by a bullet, that guy is going to take all your guns. You know. <laughs> well, that's yeah. It's it's just no. a very complex issue. But what I see, you know, as far as you know, am I? Do I view Muslim as a terrorist? No, no. absolutely not. No. I'm not that unobjective that I couldn't can't put the two dots. But you're together. smart enough to get again, again. But not everyone is doesn't see that black and white. Well, there's the fear, and then yes. you have someone like Donald Trump who plays into that fear. Who well, we've well, seen the, play the, out the new word political correctness. Yeah, because yeah. he is not political correct. He says no, and that's why he's striking a nerve. And that's what I was talking on NPR. I went on um, the balancing act on Nantucket's NPR station. I talked. Yeah. One of the things that's I've seen within Donald Trump that he does do that's well is he kind he he's able to tie in to these issues that I found myself being like that's not that crazy. No, I, I'm not agreeing with his putting up a wall. But but the idea of tracking Muslims coming into the country, banning it till we figure out what's going on, although it sounds crazy, I understand yes. that mentality. Well, again, I'm not saying it's right. No. I want to be very clear. Yes. I'm just saying I understand that mentality. Well, I think to your point, he's striking a chord with a lot of people. You know, again, media is saying, you know, he is feeding the white supremacists which I think, again, I don't know where they're getting that from, but I think, to your point, like some areas are saying, he's saying what I feel, you know, like, but how do I, but, and, and surprising themselves, agreeing. Well, you're, are you, you're not a, are you a, what, what's your, where do you uh, lie on the spectrum? I'm, I'm, I think I'm bang in the middle, you know, I, I'm, I'm, it, it, I, I struggle. No, I meant autistic. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 I don't think, 
I look at it from say, an English perspective. You know, I, I look at George Bush. You know, when he got into government, and you know, people are like, what, 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 what do people th- think of me? When, you know, if I went to the UK, you know, I said, I said, people, if you remember, like George Bush and Al Gore, the vote and had to recount, and you know, and um, in, in see in England, and every vote counts, and I, I struggle. To this day, uh, with the with the U.S. <laughs> it does. It, it it's and it's like so. A smart politician is going to focus on Iowa, who I would never heard of, living in the East Coast, because he's going to go focus on Iowa because there's an opportunity for a swing state. You know, is that you're just talking about the electoral college? And yeah, that's what decides the pre- It does. It, it, it sort of it, seems a counterintuitive, right? It does. I mean, I I believe I I, I feel in my you know I'm going to put it out there. I feel that every vote should count. You know, and and it's like, um, but yeah, I respect the system, and you know, whoever, if you don't vote, and and person you don't like becomes the president, you have to accept that because you you have no, you didn't vote, you know. So it's a it's a it's a cash swing too. Do you vote or don't vote? So how does that differ from the UK? Do you think that their votes every single what's the like the, the difference is that every you know if when you go to vote for a new. Um, Prime Minister, but also the, di- the difference in England is that, or that, the, if the Prime Minister is still doing well, they can continue for three terms, four terms, five terms. There's no limit. No limit, you know, and um, you know. So, but the, that I feel that's a bad thing too, though, because the longer someone's in government, the more they, you know, we're not saying corrupt, you know, that's a, or things become. You know, they they can get away with things more. Right, they're a little more casual. Yeah, whereas yeah, whereas I think every when you change your president every four to eight years, and it's a different it, it changes. You know, everything has to restart. Everything has to regrow because there's a new person. Any deals that were struck are done. You know, like right. they're thrown out. So um, the longer you're in government, the the more any deals or you. <laughs> I think that's a hypothetical, of course. You know. Yeah, I don't. I think that the, basically the two, you know, uh, the politics you can become a little maddening. And the fact that honestly, I'm annoyed that we even had to even talk about Trump, but, but he's dominating. I mean, the media. he. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and but, he doesn't care. I don't think like he's, he's got he, money. He's just, and he's I, a marketing animal. I mean, he is. You know, he is just a marketing beast. You know, that's who he is. Um, you know, but but again, it's the. It's, yeah, you know, but it, again, so do you want to? Um, should we talk about Nantucket and how you think Nantucket's? You know, because it is a kind of the the year end wrap up. Yeah, you know, show? yeah, yeah, we've yeah, gone everywhere. But I just realized that I had this this uh, this little jack plugged yes. into my my mixing board, and I'm hoping that that didn't take it away because uh, if it did, this uh, I'm gonna have to check. We're back up and running again. We're live. Did you have a toilet break? How did I feel? Yes, yeah, so I had to run and use the men's room. That's the beauty. That's the other thing about doing a podcast is you have that freedom to hit pause, you know? And if you don't like something you said, people... And, and if people don't like... If they're... Right. They can someone listening probably was listening to us talk about... But like, uh, what is an English person doing on a show? Like, you know? Yeah, listening to us talk yeah. about, uh, you know, ISIS and po- like politics. They can yeah. be like, oh, they can tune that right out. They can skip past it. Right. So... Um, so Nantucket, how, so how long have you been on Nantucket now? 
this is um, full time yeah. uh, a year. December twelfth, it was a year ago that I moved here, but I was coming intermittently uh, from New York back and forth that must for been, summers. That must have been tough to go. Right? Well, I guess everyone does that. You know, I mean, everyone. Yeah, that's how you start, isn't it? You know, it is, yeah. and it's funny. I think that you know, someone knew someone out here. That's how they ended up out here. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, like, I like you hang out with Floyd, and you know, Floyd's a cool cat. You know, <laughs> you know, Floyd is a cool cat. Yeah, how's that? Oh, you know, or well, you're not a cat, really. He's a person. No. Floyd is. Uh, Floyd is helpful. Floyd's a good friend. I can't say enough about him. No. I wouldn't have ended up here if it wasn't for him. And right. So that was, uh, yeah. So it's been about, uh, it's five years since I've been coming back and forth out here. But uh, it's been a full year um, this December 12th. And, and you look great. I mean, you, you don't. Yeah, my health is good. I'm in good health. It's been, uh, you know, it, Nantucket has been uh, amazing. Well, that's just a funny thing. I can guarantee like five the five questions an Uber driver, what happens when people go in the car? Like, first is, where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Um, oh yeah, you gotta go. I'm from England. Yeah, oh yeah, god. Yeah. Um, what's it like to live in a winter? <laughs> yeah. I, and I like. Do I look? You know, pain. Do I look good? You know. <laughs> you know, I have to say, I don't mind. I think I actually love I, this time of year. Don't. <laughs> in the winter, last winter was I, rough. That my first winter was a brutal winter to be out here. But I mean, but it was I magical. Know. I mean, it, it was, was cool, man. I mean, who who and who walks down a street and doesn't see a car for five minutes? When when does that happen in your lifetime? No, yeah. There's a lot of little uh, I call them Nantucketisms that yeah. I'm really starting to appreciate. You know, I think too that I've talked about this before is that there's a community. There's a lot of really time. really awesome people, and you know, this podcast hardworking. this hardworking. podcast is indicative. There's a yeah. lot of really cool people out here that are doing cool things yeah and, uh, I, I think what you, you're doing and i've started is is wonderful because there are a lot of uh, people on with this community you don't see that are like um for whatever reason because your you know your circle doesn't go around you know within them everyone thinks you live in Nantucket. you know everybody you know oh i know that that to me too i just assumed everyone knows each other yeah, yeah. I mean, there's someone out here that you don't know <laughs> i can't i still can't get over that so what was yeah what's the population in the winter compared to the summer that's my other my favorite question well, i think it's getting bigger right it's like 10 last time it was like last time i did it was like ten thousand people and there's someone i think the number well, the that's high- registered that's one of the another issues that's going on is like the amount of the the population that the census has and what the actual population Correct. is are two different things but if you have if you do have people working illegally um, I'm not saying you know, that they won't be reporting. You know, they're living here. They're not paying taxes. They're paying under the table. You know, um, I mean, because Nantucket does stuff. Nantucket is a really unique um, business uh, plan. You know, it's like you have to have workers who are able to work for five months, right. six months, and le- and then they leave. You know, yeah, just get closer to yeah. that. And and. Uh, I think that is. Uh, how do you find those people that are, who are willing to work? You know, maybe out of those five months, two months are really busy, busy. You know, you know, and uh, and then the cost of living here. The and cost of living is pretty crazy. Having coming from New York, it's you know, it's quite. Impressive. That's something to say. You know, like it, coming. The cost of living is just. Really, I go to New York and it feels cheap now. Yeah, <laughs> but you know. It's just, it's going to cost you. If you want anything done out here, <laughs> to, yeah. to, to hiring a band for a cocktail party, to having a roofer frame a new garage, you know, it's the materials, the labor, the time and the energy, you know? I think, it, you know, it, yes, it's no question. It's, it, it's uh, you, 
so we say you, you definitely become hopefully more uh, an outdoorsman or uh, you know someone who can take on a job because you know it may take longer but it'd be cheaper you know you know you I know? just used to made me think I worked with a guy when I first got here a landscape with a guy that had never been to the beach what does it doesn't that just seem blasphemy well like I, I could see it because he never he's like I've never been, I don't go to the beach like I mean going- he, yeah like he just he's I think he said uh, what the hell was his name uh, I'm going to out you, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. Yeah, Mr. He's never, not on the island, but he landscaped, and he, he'd never been to the beach, which like, blew my mind. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're surrounded by That's beaches. the guy I want on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be like, that'd be the question, you know. But talk about Nantucketisms. Um, you, know, you know, I'm pretty active, and, you know, I was running. Yeah, you're like, an iron... No, you're, not, you're just a triathlete. I'm a triathlete. I just love it. You know, that's the lifestyle. And, OCD. You know. <laughs> OCD. <laughs> I find that all the triathletes are a little bit OCD. About no, there's definitely. I'm like, I like to have fun. Do you like, freak out if you don't exercise for like two days? No, not at all. You know, I definitely like a plan, a goal. You know, a goal's good. And um, no, I, I can go from like. Um, I definitely start a little twitchy. You know, you know, but it's, right. um, You know, but I was running through the moors, and the other day, you know, and there is uh, the sun's coming up, and I looked at the ocean. It's flat. You know, it's like the beach. It's the wind. Just that those are so rare. You the know? moors, I just took my first uh, deep walk into the moors with a friend with the dog, and I came across uh, some friends that were mountain biking through those moors. Yes. Are yes. you talking about the ones if you go past out Pulpus Road and you put, take a right by, behind the cranberry bogs? Yeah. I mean, I, the ones I got, I, I, I went up um, Milestone, Tom Nevers, come in the back way there by the airport. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, and it's for, I mean, did you? You're. I see you have two dogs. That's part of the contract of living on Nantucket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, this is a very uh, dog-friendly house. Yes. Yeah. No, it's. Um, Hank has made an appearance from time to time on the podcast. It, as you said, it's the English connection between us. You know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, he's he's very busy. No, but I think to, it's. Um, but again, I think going to Nantucket this year, we've we've definitely seen. Um, issues or that are very similar to the, you know, we, we the big thing for us was like, you know, there was a big cause of celebration when they did catch the rapist. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was big news. For, for That was alarming on for many, for a lot of people. For a long time. And I, I, we, I gave the police a lot of credit because they were under a huge amount of pressure from the community and um, to solve that problem. Two people were caught. The guy from New York, too. Really? Yeah. Okay. There was a, there was another guy that got busted. Okay. That was an assault too. But anyway, they, I know it was. They were big cases for the police department. It right. Was an, an assault. Yeah. It's um and I know, you know, friends or you know females were something. There was very very you know they were you know we're in a community that essentially you know tries to live freely and you don't have to lock your car I think that's what you're talking about is one of the things that surprised me about Nantucket is that there's some really bad sh- stuff that happens out here yeah. and, don't, and and no community is immune to that No when we when we're not immune you know and we talk about um you know obituates you know and you know and drugs you know, and I think heroin yeah, heroin and that's I believe throughout the country the, that's risen 14% of overdoses this year you know, and it's the biggest rising. It's cheaper than any drug out there. Yeah, you know, I just saw an Inky Mirror just had something that the uh, the DA uh, came out and was speaking. Uh, uh, he made a comment that marijuana had a direct link to heroin, which I actually I don't totally agree with that. Right there, the, I think this idea that marijuana is a gateway drug. Now, I don't. 
deny that the use of marijuana could lead to could could yes, could lead to use of other illicit drugs. But what I think is very dangerous is to pigeonhole marijuana and not look at alcohol because the parallels between marijuana and alcohol are exact the same are exactly the same and and just the fact that you know alcohol is legal but alcohol is just as much of a gateway drug as marijuana and you right. can argue me all you no want. I, I don't know I mean I I think um, would you rather somebody I'm sure if you looked at if you spoke to somebody who worked in an ER. How many cases of marijuana, you know, uh, consumption you know, fights, right? Or at, compared to alcohol, someone getting you know beaten up, or arguments, or you know, or hard drugs. Um, you know, again, it's uh, we're in a very again. This isn't marijuana. Marijuana is a huge thing now. Like you know, you say we're in a country. Certain states are. You know, I think Massachusetts has approved. So not yet. No, okay. It's it's up, and, and one oh. of one of one of this uh, the DA o- O'Keefe, I think his name okay. is. The DA's. So this uh, is the reason why he came up with this. He, he, he's very and, and granted, he's on the front lines of that. You know, he's sentencing all these people. He's seen the uh, firsthand effects of this. But I just think it's a very very slippery slope to paint marijuana as as a direct gateway to heroin. And I'm sure there's a lot of studies that could refute that. There's ones that would support it. I just think that uh, it, it's just to to, to make that distinction is very... It would uh, be very intriguing and interesting. Um, how does a police officer measure for someone for marijuana? You know, let's say if they're, you know, like we, we, we definitely Well, know. talk to me right now. Are, are my eyes red? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, folks. You know, no, at least with alcohol, <laughs> at least with alcohol, you, if someone's drinking and driving, we have cl- clear understanding of what to do. You know, now someone's totally baked and driving erratically and is on their phone. It can well, be just got, as dangerous. I've got a question coming up in a few moments. So that's like, it, it, it's uh, my f- about cell phones. And I'm, I'm about as bad as anyone on cell phones. Texting? Yeah. Um, or are you texting? Or, you know, or you're not texting, you know. But, but guilty. I, I, I do it. I'm guilty of it. So, it's what is uh, worse, a texting driver or a drunk driver? That's a good question. Because a drunk driver is paying attention. Because he's so scared. <laughs> no, but no, it, it's dangerous. Yeah, it is. Neither of them are good. Neither of them, they're both uh, no. dangerous human behavior. And and I'm we're paying, I'm being jasper. But I do think you know we have clear again. If somebody and this is where the scary. How does a police officer deal with someone who's stoned while he's driving and he's not in control of a car? I think you can get a ticket. Right. It's like a driving impaired ticket. Yeah, I mean because yeah, does he does it? Do they? Do like a walk, you know, like if you're, you know, touch your nose and, you, you know. know. what's so funny? I got pulled over on Sunday uh, going out. I was going to pick up some bagels <laughs> and I got pulled over. My inspection ticket was off. But like all of a sudden my heart was racing. And <laughs> yeah. I felt like I was high. I'm like, oh my God, am I, am I getting busted for something? Right. I mean, you, you, I didn't know. And actually the officer was super friendly. He just said, you got to get that inspected. And I'm going right after this podcast to get an inspected officer. So don't worry. <laughs> don't pull me over again. No, I mean it's it, it again, and that's uh, you, he was cool. He let me off. Yeah, he you know, was like, uh, I mean, you, you, I'm sure get you it inspected. You, you give him your big grand, you know. You're like, who, you know who I am. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, am I? He's like, no. You know, you, you didn't try to bribe him. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, uh, do you want me to play your uh, next cocktail party? Yeah, I have a couple bands I can offer. Oh, my there services. we go. That's, that's you know, do you want to promote your services? <laughs> <laughs> I'll play your party for free. Yeah. No, I, 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 again, we, we, we do live in a very cool place, and I think if any, if anything, 
um, you want to protect that, you know, and 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 then we are seeing a lot of elements that are endangering that, be it you know the hard trucks, you know, and take and, oh, it's serious, and young young adults who probably don't fully understand the impact of it. Yeah, and I guess in this article, uh, you know, again, he said that, you know, marijuana was a direct link to heroin, and I just don't totally agree. I think that uh, it could be in some instances. Yeah. But I think if you're going to do that, you also have to look at alcohol. And just like you said, talk to the people in the emergency rooms. I think there was a statement the other day. Um, How about I, the people, the fight at the VFW? Yeah, yeah, yeah. alcohol? I, yeah, it was alcohol-infused. <laughs> alcohol you know? alcohol-infused. I mean, I'm so sure infused. I'm, went, I'm sure if you talk to the guy with his neck, who was, you know, pierced by... It was a baby shower. <laughs> it said that in the article. I mean... Do, do they know? No, I, We're I, talking. I if you've just tuned in, there, there was an incident, I guess, at the VFW, and the VFW is in financial. Yeah, I believe there. I believe I saw. Um, I'm, again, I'm, there was a GoFundMe. They're trying to raise fifty thousand dollars. You know, um, I think it's important. I think every community should have a VFW. Yeah, and uh, I love the bar there. I think you listen. It's a, you know, it's a cool place. I, I unfortunately, it's going to be marred by an, the actions of some. I hope People. that 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 incident doesn't take away from what Ex- they're good, and that's my fear. That's that's my point too. Yeah, it's um, because clearly we we are we're, we have to be very great. You know, I'm very grateful for our freedom. You know, and you know, like I'm sure you know. And the VFW provides places for veterans. It also it's a, it's an event space for people. Yeah. and it's a you know I think it's just an important that it maintains. No, I mean it, it's been uh, here for a long time too. So uh, I had an experience this year. I I went up to did the Marine Corps Marathon. Oh, where? And, and Washington D.C. Hoorah! Yeah, and I tell you what, I've I've done a lot of races, and I've never been affected so emotionally by you know participants, um, and uh, I've never seen so many people running in memory of somebody else who is no longer with us due to the, their choices and sacrifices for our freedom. And they're a mile twelve. They call it the Blue Mile, and basically for one mile. They have pictures and ages of people who have passed. And I'm telling you that there wasn't a sound. You could hear a pin drop for a mile. It was so... Every, emo- it was emotional. I mean, every wow, person... It just gave who, me goosebumps. Yeah. And when you came out of it was these it's volunteers intense. with American flags. You know, and so... But when you finished So what it, does that feel like as, as a Brit going through that and seeing that... Pa- pa- that my, level of patriotism, yeah. you know? It made me think of my grandfather. My grandfather was a desert rat, fought in the Second World War. Uh, was a sergeant of a tank regiment, you know, and uh, you know, and uh, I got to spend a lot of time with him, and before he passed, and it made me, you know, I'm of the generation it makes me, I'm, I'm appreciative, on an, of you know, I, I'm fortunate. I feel like I've, I'm fortunate. I never had to go to war, and fight for my country because I'm sure, killing another person to fight freedom, I just can't imagine the, the, how that impacts impacts you as a person. Absolutely, that's that, that's in, that's that talk about intense. And, um, you know, I, I was just going to say, I feel that like, I'm, although America has a lot of issues, I am very patriotic. I think it's an amazing, an amazing country that, that has, uh, despite all its flaws and and idiosyncrasies. Yes. The United States is an amazing place to live and I'm thankful every day. And I, I I recommend anyone to do like on July the 4th, do the 5k and then tuck it. And they, just uh, don't go to Nobody Beach. <laughs> <laughs> don't. That's before Nobody Beach. <laughs> but they have. Um, there's a program on island um, that brings armed 
uh, services who have uh, yeah. the name of it. It's uh, Wounded Warriors. He Wounded Warriors, and he bring them over. And as I remember, two years ago, this gentleman, he um, was in his full fatigue. Um, you know, a sixty-pound backpack carrying an American flag. You know, and uh, he spoke to the people, and wow, you know, it was like nine hundred people of all different ages, and you know, and I just that's you have to remind yourself of the impact that they do give. But back, to, but the Marine Corps. But you finished. You know, I've read about Iwo Jima and the, how awful Iwo Jima was, and and you finished the run under the Iwo Jima memorial. And I remember there was a general there that, 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 saluting everybody as you crossed the finish line. Wow! You know, and like, and then like, and you had this like a little hill, and he's like, "You will get up this hill." You're like, "Yes, sir." <laughs> yeah. And it's like you know, 26 miles, things are going awry. You know, you're like, you're done. You know, so but to finish under the Iwo Jima Memorial, which is such a huge, I know if you, it's a huge monument in, in from, from the Marine Corps, and then you look at that, you know the you know the image in the forties of the flag, you know that's, you know that's huge, you know so. Yeah, it's an it's an it's an emotional experience. Yeah, so I was like, you know, so it was it, very cool. It was um, that that will impact me for a long time and just maybe well I'm sure growing up in the United Kingdom and then yeah. coming to the United States and settling down here you know you have a different perspective well yeah, yeah you you, you und- I mean I learned a lot about American when I going back to school I learned about um, Great Britain's involvement in the Second World War that was then they come to America I read and learned about how America was involved. In what the was war. Great Britain's version of their involvement? Is it di- why does it differ? America the- saved us. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that. No, it's uh, like D-Day was a big thing for us. You know, like um, you know the French, you know, revol- you know the invasion uh, of Normandy. Yeah, it is. is uh, which was a lot of Americans. You know, I thought the Steven Spielberg movie uh, way back when. I think what Brothers or uh, what's it called? Yeah, the Steven Spielberg. It, yeah, that's, that, a, that's that, a heavy movie. But that really was accurate. You know, they say actually the Landon Croft was invented in New Orleans by a gentleman. And I can't think of his name, but that was a, one of the biggest in, invent, uh, inventions in the Second World War um, that um, enabled people to land, you know, soldiers to land on the beach. Oh, that 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 vehicle was yeah. invented by a guy. There's a museum in New Orleans, like there's in a, New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Like it's um, like we all go to New Orleans for a party and a drinking. But there's there's an amazing Second World War museum down there, um, right off. Um, and I I ran past it one day, and I was like, I got to go there and check it out. It's because it's like they're they were a huge part of it. That's so cool. I I just found out a really and this is a total side note, but I just found out a really interesting fact through a podcast I listened to. They started talking about Operation Paperclip. And after World War II, during the Nuremberg trials, when they were putting yep. the um, Nazi war criminals on trial, the U.S. actually hired back under Operation Paperclip some of these Nazi war criminals to work for NASA. What? Yeah. This is, this is and, and I'm just going to, this is why I think podcasts are, are amazing. Because yes. you find these little kernels, these little rabbit holes that you can, you know, you're like, I, I was blown away by this. And so, sure enough, I googled Operation Paperclip. And it says that the United States, after uh, World War II, took some of these war criminals and and, and they actually worked for NASA and were very uh, instrumental in the U.S. space program. That's because these Germans were had such were such good scientists. Right. Right. So, I mean, my point is that that it was really cool, and like you were just talking about the the guy that invented the the vehicle for D Day, Landacroft. Yes. 
New Orleans and those kind of things and podcasts are amazing yeah. that you can find and be actually very valuable. You know, and, and I, I think if you look at um, the, the concentration camps, which were, you know, terrible, awful, like, you know, just against, you know, inhumane, um, and what are some of the doctors, you know, you know, did, you know, with, um, but some of the things through that they learned a lot of stuff, but which is crazy to think in such inhumane, like awful, you know, that's that these scientists would do this to would do something to another human, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, World War Two is uh, it's is, a scar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you know, as heavy as it, yeah, and it's real and just you know, you know one of the worst human. And then when, but the thing we're not learning, you know, we we continue to fight. You know, we stand, we continue to, you know, we're not learning. You know, we haven't learned from those days. Well, there's an old adage: history repeats itself. Correct. I mean, as I'm sure there are many orphans who are bitter. You know, like uh, you know, who are. Are you talking about the Syrian or no? The, oh, whoever it could be, anyone you know, it could oh. be it could be any person you know, like it could be Iraq, it could be you know, it could be you know, someone who's lost both their parents due to war, you know. Yeah, you know, it's like there's a lot, of, um, and it's hard to explain, to understand, you know, you know. So um, that's tough, you know. Yeah, well, that, thanks for bringing us. That's kind of a Debbie Downer. We're, we're, we're trying to we're trying to wrap. <laughs> let's go up. back. This is the year end wrap yeah. up, and we're so, talking about World War II. Yeah, no, but let's go. We, so we, we can we can just we can we'll segue out of we that. Can, we can segue out of yeah. that. That it was yeah. uh, was it a good year or bad year for you here on Nantucket? It's fabulous year. Yeah, fabulous. Which is you know I, again every year and you know it's it's a good year. It's like it's um. I mean, but what also, were some of your high? Give me two highlights real quick. I just you know, honestly. Um, one of the biggest highlights that just happened recently, um, I went to see, uh, I got to see U2 in Dublin. Wow. Um, you know, and which was pretty stunning. Now, what does that have to do with Nantucket? Nothing. <laughs> but it's <laughs> a, a damn good highlight. Yeah, okay. Um, no, I, I, I just think, um, I suppose there's, there's no real highlight from, I suppose. It's more of just like, I just, I love living here. And, my, you, know, my, you know, it's like, it's... Uh, You're a staple at Pie. Yeah, you know, I just I I hang out there and just and, and the reason I like I like working there, I enjoy people. I really enjoy people. That's just bottom line, and that's why the Uber thing was kind of fun. You know, don't you feel like waiting tables is? I've done it for uh, years when I was in New yeah. York, and I've always maintained this that I think that part of our U.S. citizenship, part of being <laughs> an American. A requirement is to serve tables. Is to, is to work in the service industry for two years. From I've, the ages, I've had this all figured. In ages from fourteen to sixteen, you're required to spend at least six to eight months in the service industry, dishwasher, waiting tables. I think our country would be a completely different country if every citizen worked in the service well, industry. Well, I'm, I'm going to jump on that. I'm, I think actually that there should be some sort of service back where you know, not national service, but some sort of that would help, you know, a young man or woman learn, you know, respect, manners, you know, you know, some sort of system, you know, be it where they're giving back, you know, they're learning all the virtues of being a human being away from their family, you know, I think that would help that, you know, I believe in the Mormon community, when they're 18 years old, they have to spend a year or two years, um, in a faith, you know, on a church somewhere around the world, 
you know so so for 18 in the mormon community yeah yeah like so as if you're you know um so um i got a highlight coming up in a minute so i, I was just going to ask yeah. you well you mentioned you just were uh speaking of charity on nantucket you you go around every year so talk about that that so was two, pretty- two, two, two things i did this year which was highlights and he says you know my passion is triathlons working out and um i got to run boston marathon this year and i got to run with uh dick and rick hoyt um the hoyts are so if you in the running world um and the, the quote is yes you can you know yes you can so uh, rick hoyt is this uh cerebral palsy paraplegic and his father dick hoyt I've seen them on. I, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. They've been on ESPN Real Sports, correct, with Brian Gumble. Yeah, seen, I know exactly. They're on the Fitbit advert right Unbel- now. Yeah. yeah, so remarkable story. If yeah, you, if you just if people don't know, you should just describe to them what it is real yeah. briefly. So basically, the, the, the father Rick. Um, so the story starts is that Rick went. They treated Rick like a normal son. He, um, he, it's unfortunately he cannot communicate. He can communicate through a computer. Severely disabled. Yeah. So the. Um, Give you a quick understanding. If he, for us, for him to respond to a question, would take him twenty minutes for our computer, where like you know we can respond straight away. And so, he um, this year, um, this year was the first year that Dick had not run the Boston Marathon, and had run Dick and Rick had run it for like thirty-three years in a row. Um, when they wanted to run the Boston Marathon. They had to qualify, um, but at the time there was no, um, I suppose I'm trying to find, find the word, there was no grouping for, say, um, a disabled, you know, some father and son in a wheelchair, you know, father, you know. Gotcha, they could, yeah. a category for them yeah, to run yeah, under. So they were told they could qualify um, if they ran Marine Corps Marathon at the time of the son's age grouping, not the father's age grouping. So to, to run Boston Marathon, you traditionally have to qualify. And usually it's like, you, you can't get into it unless there's a charity. So I believe he uh, had to run a 255 push in a wheelchair. I mean, so from what I, from what you could get from them, any obstacles that were put in their way, they were like, they'll find a way. Yes, you can. Um, I'm going to backtrack a little bit, is the, the reason that Rick wanted to run, the school he went to, there was a local basketball player that was involved in a car crash and was uh, disabled, and it was a fundraiser. And he said to his father, can we go do this? So um, so Dick pushed him in, in the wheelchair, or, or a pram he was in, and when they finished the race, Rick said, Dad... It felt like I was running with them, you know. Wow. So, um, and I guess when Dick went for a checkup right off of that, he um, was about to have a pretty close to a heart attack. Mm-hmm. You know, he had it. So, so it was kind of a, uh, fortunate that, they, that in some crazy way that, you know, his son was like, I, I want, you know, that they treated like normal um, then said, Okay, let's do this run, and that started the running career. So a thousand races later, I mean, I've gone to Hawaii, Kona, 
you know, it's like... Yeah, I remember on the real sports, they showed him doing Kona and the heat. The bike weighs 75 pounds. And this guy, he's not old. I mean, he is old. I'm sorry. He, yeah, the, he's the, in, the father. Yeah, he's like 60s and, you know, he's in his mid-70s now. So you got to run with them in Boston. Got, so, so Dick is now retired. You know, he does small races. Mm-hmm. And there's a gentleman called Brian Lyons now who's become very good friends um, with Rick. Um, and he... Uh, now pushes him so this year last year was the first year um, that Rick um, or so Dick didn't push and you know it, it was the first Boston Marathon that Rick had finished with his, without his father pushing him but what was cool about it uh, Dick was the Grand Marshal so he was practicing his hand wave from the car he was training for that <laughs> you know so um, but we got to hear them speak you know um, we got to hear Dick talk about his son and how much he loves him and got to really see what it means to him you know and uh and so now you know they have a charity group and um and what they do is they give back to um speech therapy or horse riding program in you know boston and you know dick is in what i see now is that you see any local 5k or 10k you see able bodies persons pushing their children in the wheelchair in a pram you know and now any race you go to you see somebody pushing somebody in a wheelchair yeah my brother's involved in uh syracuse he's so, involved with the uh disabled race he yeah. organizes it and that, so, so, that, so, but what it does i think it just just does regardless of what's going on it's your mental mind that tells you you know you can't do it you know but you can do it you know there's always a way there's always a way you can do it you know yeah, I think that's right. I think those are the messages, and that's a great message that we can send out there, regardless of what. Regardless of yeah, what you yeah. know, you have to figure out. Uh, we, we, we always have to, like you know, uh, you, you know, you want to come up with the next business idea, or you want to better yourself, and it's yes, it's internal struggle going on internally. How can, what can I do to better myself? And believe me, I'm like, you know, I like, you know, I want to, like, you know, how can I better myself? Or be oh, I, I understand that. Yeah. I, I appreciate that exactly what you're talking about because even with this podcast, I, I, I feel that way. It's like, what can I do? What can I? I uh, applaud you for trying it because how, it's, how it's I, bold. It's bold. I mean, I mean, with End Magazine, you, you're you're done. <laughs> you're done. You're good. That was End. <laughs> magazine was great you know yeah. it was very uh, it was some validation for sure but i yeah. think that you know now the thing is just continuing this thing that i created and making it the best i can for possibly sure. make it in 2016 you know i i need to to keep doing this and and stay true to my mission statement which you know i i talked about that within the magazine and i feel that through conversations and listening to people talk we become empowered and inspired as the listener yeah i mean we've got there's some there were some amazing Individuals that have come to design that have impacted the world, be it by their choices or financially. You know, you know there are some. You know, we see that we don't. That's a cool thing. You, some, you might you can be around somebody like you just who's done an amazing things. Yeah, and it's inspiring. Yeah. So my second highlight. Second highlight, which will be much quicker. All right, hold on. Oh. Should we switch that? No, no. I was going to have uh, yeah, yes. her uh, before. We keep going. I'm sorry. So uh, there was this uh, gentleman. Talking about like um, you know you know when someone tells you oh there's no way you can do it like what do you, you know what do you think you're doing like people are talking like just like you know why why would you do that for and it's like you know so this gentleman uh, his name is James Lawrence called he's called the Iron Cowboy uh, that's his nickname so it so he uh, it became nicknamed Iron Cowboy so when he finished races he wore a cowboy hat 
And uh, everyone's got a gimmick, folks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's got a gimmick. So he just, uh, I guess. Oh, here it, comes the Iron Cowboy. <laughs> well, that's a reason. Yeehaw! Yeah, yeehaw! Won the race. So he, um, a couple of years ago, I guess, he broke the world record of doing the most half Ironmans in one year. And then he did another year of the most Ironmans in one year, like something like 30 Ironmans. Um, and so you're like, okay, there's no way physically possible. What, you know, that's not possible, you know. Right. That's because that's your um, – just yesterday or two days ago, a gentleman, um, he ran 100 miles in 11 hours and 50 minutes. Is that a record? Yes. And um, so <laughs> – uh, so the Iron Cowboy, so he, so him and his family decided that they wanted to. We're gonna photograph taken now. We're gonna be like we're yeah. pose nicely. Yeehaw! Happy New Year! <laughs> Happy New Year! So anyway, so um, that's insane. So he, he, so he came up with this new challenge. Well, well, his motivation for a new challenge was, okay. yes, yes, was um, he was seeing that the eating habits of this country are going down the toilet. That, that obesity is projected to be the number one killer in this in this country and around the world. And I think that's, you know, if you scratch the surface a bit more, you're like, you know, and so, so he said, okay, I need to do something really, really nuts and crazy. And... Um, yes, someone already did it. It's called Supersize Me. Yeah, so he decided to do 50... Ironmans in 50 days in 50 states. That's insane. So I'm like, and anybody could join, like could join him on, on his daily routine. So yeah. There aren't 50 Ironmans. So he, no, he, so he did 50 Ironman distances of his own accord. Gotcha. And um, so, you know, he, he, you know, I said, you know, I recommend, you know, go Google and, you know, check him out. And um, so he, the, his five children um, who came with him. Which is crazy. With the whole trip and his wife. So they're like in, in an RV, start in Hawaii and finish in Utah. Hey, hang on one second. Amy, Hank's got a pine cone in his mouth. Can you get that out? <sighs> yes. Go. Shit. Keep going. Yeah, so... Um, so basically, he started mid-June in Hawaii, and um, and I think on the first three days, because he went from Hawaii to Alaska, and then to Washington State, you know, he made like four hours sleep in three days, just because the travel of going from Hawaii to Alaska, you know, and then Alaska and down... Um, and a couple of times he was uh, dealing with hurricane-like weather that pushed him inside, you know, so we did the whole thing inside, you know. and But every evening um, at 7 o'clock, he would invite the public to do a 5K with him, regardless of where he was with his run. But his eldest daughter did the, every 5K with him in 50. So she did 55 Ks with him on every state. And... So he was in Massachusetts. So I went up there um, and did the whole day with him. You know, so and there were like three of us who did the whole day with him. 
and they were like count some people just swim so you ran with them yeah so you could where go, um where do you run with them oh it's you're not gonna ask me that but it's um it was in massachusetts it was right okay. on the road line board how many people were running with them that so beginning so begin the day there was maybe 15 swimmers and and all that's all they did and then there were like maybe nine bikers but time we got to the end some people would do 50 miles some would do like you know you know 60 they were like but there were three of us who did the whole bike section with him and you know so you were like you know in it you know like i'm doing this we're going to do this together you know and so and we would stop to eat you know that's you know he would stop and refuel i think he was trying to do like nine thousand calories of food per day so uh, that energy yeah wow and um so we did the marathon, and so there were, you know definitely more runners, and then the five came came, and there was like maybe hundred runners of all different ages, and he would speak, and and um, by the time we got to the end of the end of the day, there was three people who did the whole day with him, and uh, luckily I got a friend up, um, picked me up, and I could you know from there, and so I made it work. So he said, like, "You should come to Utah for the final day," and I'm like. I'm like, yeah, I should. <laughs> so you did? I did. You flew to Utah? I flew to Utah. Oh. And, um... See, folks, these runners are crazy. <laughs> but I was, it was, you know, like, I thought, like you, I was like, no way he's going to do this. No way he's going to do this. It's impossible. How can a physical body do this, you know? And, uh, so I got there on the 50th day, and it was, uh, we got to this, uh, canyon, like in it was just like you know Utah it's like just like you know come from you know Nantucket suddenly everything's bigger you know so it was like this amazing canyon so the swim I'm one of this is like it was a reservoir and you were just surrounded by huge rock formations and I'm like wow um, and I remember that he sounds cool he was suffering with hypothermia uh, because he had lost so much you know, he was like you know one percent two percent body fat at that point and so he nearly. Um, they had to take him out of the water uh, to warm him up um, and then they pulled him out of the water he wasn't in good shape he was you know definitely um, I think he's about to as a, a movie about to come about the whole thing coming out soon mm. like a, you know there was a movie and when we got on the bike section there was 200 cyclists um, and we're just going through these canyons flying down like doing 40 miles an hour and um it's, and then it's altitude, it's really hot, you know. Uh, we got halfway and it was like, by the time we got to finish the bike, there was, I'd say it was 400 cyclists, like just in this huge... All, had people come all over from all over the country, yeah, like yourself? Yeah, or, yeah, or you, you know, Utah, just whatever, you know. Yeah, just I wanted to see him. And uh, just, just see, you know, is it witness history? I'm not sure, you know. Um, and we got to the run and... And when the 5K come, I would, I would say there was 2,000 people. Wow. It was just so, you know, and I think his last day, um, he did like 11 and a half hour Ironman. <sighs> but, you know, it's a, but he did it, you know, and so and he ended up raising something like $85,000. So he did the last day, he actually did the full distance of the Ironman, the bike, the swim. He did it, every day he would do that. So every day he would do a swim, bike, run, every day. I don't think I was really computing that. So, so every day they, he, he did, did an Ironman? Yes. So you think about that. That's um, 140. It's insane. It's 7,000 miles. Holy shit. Over 50 days. Amy, did you hear that? <laughs> this, this guy did an Ironman every day. Yeah, so 
and everyone was like, "There's no way you can do this. This is crazy. You're, you're, you know, like you're, like." And so to see it, you know, and to finish it, and you know, and uh, I'm, and I'm sure, you know, he's he has wow. a few loose bones in a for, in his brain, and um, but the, the the beautiful part of that was is he did it with his whole family. His, you know, his wife was there, and yeah. you know, and his friends, and and uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, his name is James Lawrence. This is the beauty about technology, yes. folks. We're going to Google James Lawrence right I think now. I got to see what this guy looks like. We could eat you. I think we could even get him on a podcast with you. Really? Is he coming out? Does he come to Nantucket? No, he could. I'm not sure. Maybe. I'm not sure. If he, maybe. No. If we could do it. Oh, he's young. Yeah. He's a young guy. Yeah. He could. I mean, you could even do it. If it's him, you can't do it with a phone or something, you know. If there's a way you could do that, you know. He looks like a Navy SEAL. I mean, he was just, he would, he would beat you up, you know. It was all, but no, but it was it was he was very humble. It was he, I think he was, um, he did he did it was just again it just there's yeah, the picture I'm looking at. Can you cool. see that? See how jet is that after he fit? There's a picture I'm looking at, folks. He's like absolutely ripped. I think that was one of the mornings he just woke up and I you know he's about to start the swim, and I'm sure he was like, I don't want to do this, you know. I Where's thought, he from? Uh, from Utah. I mean, he's Canadian originally, and then he just moved to Utah. Wow. So that, you know, for me, that was inspired me, you know. That's pretty inspiring. I think we can all take a page out of his book. And you uh, know? he does public speaking, and I think he's like, I'm sure he's ready for it and have a challenge. Um, we should get him out to Nantucket. That's the a- cool thing about Nantucket is that people are, uh, you know, they, they come out here and you're able to, like, have access to the... I, I think if we could get... It'd be wonderful for him to come here as a speaker or something, or do a race. Yeah, and, and then um, well, think, Nantucket has such a big uh, triathlete community. Right, right, and just or outdoors. You know, I mean, people are that's a beautiful people taking care of themselves. Be it we talk about yoga. You know, people are that's I think the beauty of the off season here. Well, I was just going to say, there's my immediate response is that it does have people taking care of themselves. Yet there's so many people that love to party. <laughs> well, we are a party. <laughs> this island exists in excess. Yes. <laughs> No, I, I, I think, t- t- yeah. I mean, I think people work are hard workers, and they like to celebrate, and everything, and and they can do it pretty safely if they're hey, smart. Yeah, like a here. good party. You know, yeah, yeah don't we all? <laughs> you know, I think you you get to hang out with, but also you get to. I think I think I saw photographs of uh, Miss Trainer showing up in the last couple of days. You know, she's on island. Oh, Megan Trainer. Yeah, 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 she's yeah. enjoying her birthday. Good for her. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, this is an amazing woman. Like, you get her on the podcast. I mean, I mean, her, her story is a remarkable story. I'll have my people reach out to her. Yeah, people. you should. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess the in conclusion, I yeah. guess we should wrap. We've, we've been we're at one thirty-seven, which wow. is a record, maybe. Yes. But uh, you know, I did want to say that uh, you know, two thousand fifteen was a good year. Yeah, you know, started the podcast, and hopefully, looking forward to two thousand sixteen. Yeah, know? hopefully, I'll be back. Absolutely. Yeah. I, th- I think, uh, you know, we can have you come back. It's always nice to have a friend. And the whole point of this episode is I just wanted to have a free form one where, where I didn't so much get back into the narrative of people's story, but just kind of talk, which was fun. And I'm yeah, excited I agree. to do that. I also want to take this opportunity to thank every guest that's come on and donated their time to sit down and, and help me grow this podcast because uh, I really do sincerely appreciate it and without them I'd have nothing so it's been and giving the, uh, me a chance to do this thing that I had this idea of doing and building it so you know since it is the year end I, I want to thank them again and End Magazine for, for the piece a lot of people it's really kind of put me on the map and legitimized this thing that I'm doing so I, uh, I sincerely appreciate that 
I think we wish us, you know, say a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to all those um, here, far and away. You know, exactly. You know, I mean, it's uh, have in, a great holiday. Have you done yeah. any Christmas shopping? No, I'm doing it tomorrow. All right, he's a last minute guy. That's <laughs> more fun. It's more romantic. You know, you know, it's like I can't. It's, I want to support the local community. There you go. You know, it's like it's you know, plus it probably normal pricing, hopefully. Which is, we'll talk about that issue next time. The next time I have you on is like the idea because Amazon's so readily available, but you end up just, you know, it's just such a necessary evil living out here. I think, and, unfortunately, I think it's, it, it's part of you trying to survive financially. Yeah, you could say that uh, Amazon's like an Uber driver. <laughs> Seriously, you, 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 I mean, I'm sure technology is it's amazing I what you can get. No. Simon. Okay. I was joking. Fine. You're a funny guy. So, yeah, you, you got me good. So, Happy New Year, guys. Yeah. Merry Christmas to everyone from yes. Inside the Whale. Simon Shirley. Feliz Navidad. <laughs> is there anything, any parting words you want to say? for the? This has been the wrap-up show on Inside the Whale. No. We're gonna, I'm going to pick a cool tune to take us out. No, I, 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 we've talked about this for a while, and I, I appreciate it. I was a little bit nervous, for sure. Nervous. Yeah, I know. You like you know. It's just it's you know. You can speak you know one on one between two people, and then that just it doesn't go anywhere. You know. Now like it's your voice is recorded, and you know it can be, and that's that alone brings like you know fears and factors. And well, you seem to have handled it quite I well. I think so. Yeah. You know, I, I'm. Um, I, clearly, I enjoy people. I enjoy communicating and, and enjoying Nantucket, and that's a beauty. And we'll see you in 2016. Party on. Happy holidays, everyone, from Inside the Whale. I hope you guys have a wonderful, safe holiday, and we'll see you back in 2016 for Inside the Whale, episode 26. That's my radio voice. And we're done. We're out, Simon. Ciao. Ciao.
there's no one dancing.